I was just telling Brian that I'm kind of scared to preach this morning. I already felt a little off balance getting up realizing I was only preaching at one service and uh, I don't know, I'm kind of a creature of routine and when something's not going exactly then I, I wonder how it's going to go. And then uh, I think that spread to some of our other people involved in worship leading today too. So we're going to try our best and see what happens as we uh, take a brief look at uh, John chapter 10 verses 1 through 10. Uh, interesting little passage. You know, John, the, Jesus in John speaks in very mysterious ways that can be unpacked in, in a lot of different ways. And so uh, we'll see what we can do. Let's stand, please, as we hear this. The words of Jesus as recorded for us by his faithful servant, John. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate or the door, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He, who, he will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and destroy and kill. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. May God bless the reading of his word. That's a good song. I like that one. As I mentioned, um, well, I don't think I said this. <laughs> I told you, it's good. we're in trouble, guys. We're going to try. John's Jesus doesn't tell parables. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, but if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you get a lot of parables by Jesus. But by the time John wrote his gospel, as we've often said, he knew the other three gospels, so he didn't just repeat what they said, but he gives us a lot of new information about Jesus. So as you read about Jesus in the gospel of John, you don't hear parables, but Jesus does say very mysterious things. And one of the things he does is he uses a lot of analogies. In fact, there are seven I am statements in the Gospel of John where Jesus explains who he is by saying, I am. For example, I am bread. I am light. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am and the vine. And in this particular passage, he says, I am the door. Or as it's translated in most versions, gate, 
because he is talking about a sheepfold, and we tend to think in our language more of a sheep pen having a gate than a door. But it's the same word, thura, is what is the word that John uses. And I like to think of it more as a door because I deal more with doors than I do with gates. Now, we're going to try to understand just a little bit. And all I, my goal is, is for us to leave here today with a little bit more understanding of what it means that Jesus is a door or Jesus is the door. Now, I know you've heard sermons on this before. You've read this before. But I wonder how often you have listened to what Jesus says about being the door in the context in which he says it. There is a backstory here, and it is so important that we know that story before we hear what Jesus says about being a door or a gate. Now, we've emphasized this oftentimes about studying the Bible, that you can't just sort of parachute in to a particular passage, read a few lines, and begin to understand what's going on. Now, one of the greatest theologians who ever lived taught me that years ago, and I know I shared this story with you before, but this theologian's name was Gracie Allen. Now, you're going to have to have a little white hair or no hair uh, to know Gracie and George Allen, or Burns, you know, Gracie Allen and George Burns. Uh, Anybody know those names? All right, a few. Now, some of you younger folks maybe have stumbled upon them in some of the cable channel TVs, but they had one of the first, they had an old radio show, and they were one of the first to come along and make some television programs as well. And I always enjoyed it. I thought she was hilarious. And a few years ago, I was pushing the button, going through the channels, and, and came across one of their shows. And I thought, I'll, I'll watch that. And, and, and she comes into the house, and she's just laughing and laughing and laughing. And George says, well, Gracie, what's so funny? And she says, well, I was at the doctor's office, and I was sitting in the waiting room, and these two guys were in there, and they were talking, and one of them told the other one a joke. And it is the funniest joke I ever heard. And she just laughs and laughs. And George says, well, Gracie, I like a good joke. Why don't you tell me the joke? And she says, okay. She says, this guy says, make mine green. And then she laughs and laughs and laughs. And he says, well, Gracie, that's the joke? And she said, well, there were a lot of words before that, but that's the funny part. <laughs> that's theology. You know, if we jump in and read the first part of John chapter 10 and say, this is very meaningful stuff. Oh, there's a lot of words before that. We don't know really what these words mean and where they fit. So before we look at the saying, I am the door, we have to back up and see what were the words before that. And chapter 9 is filled with one of the more fascinating stories in all of John. It goes like this. Jesus and his disciples are walking along and they come across a man who had been born blind, and he's sitting there begging. He, he can't see. He hasn't been able to see all of his life. He's a grown man now. Well, the, the disciples pull out some theology on Jesus, and they say, okay, Jesus, obviously this man is blind because someone sinned. I mean, everything that happens bad in our life is due to sin, so therefore someone sinned. But the only question we have is, is he being punished for his own sin or is he being punished because of the parents' sin? 
To which Jesus replied, your theology stinks. All right. Well, he said it in different ways. There were a lot of words before that. No. <laughs> but he basically said, you're not thinking right. That's, that's not what's going on here. So then he goes about and, and heals the man. And yeah, this is the story where Jesus spits on the ground, makes mud, puts the mud on his eyes and says, now go wash off your eyes in the pool of Siloam. Which if someone spit on the ground and put the mud on my eyes, I would probably want to go wash it off somewhere. So the man goes and he washes it off. And when he washes off this mud, he can see. Amazing. What a wonderful thing. And I want you to notice one thing about this, that, that this should have been the happiest day in this man's life. I mean, he has never seen a thing before. And now he can see. And, and yet this wonderful day in his life gets rained on pretty heavily by everybody else, doesn't it? Because we have a little bit of a cut in the story. The next time we see the guy after that, he's at home in his own neighborhood seeing his neighborhood, seeing his house, seeing his neighbors for the first time. Well, if you're reading the story along, you see that the neighbors are looking at him saying, is that the guy that was blind? And some of them say, it's him. And others say, no, it can't be him. That guy's blind. This guy can see. Duh. (laughs) So this can't be him. And he's running around going, it's me. It's me. It's me. And people are saying, no, it's not. It, it can't be you. How, how, how would you be able to see it? He says, well, this guy came along and he made mud and he put it on my eyes and, he, and now I can see. And they said, well, who is this guy? And he says, I don't know. I didn't ever see him. <laughs> I was blind when he was here. Come on. And so they've got a problem because blind people don't just suddenly start seeing. So what are you going to do about that? Well, they do what everybody that's got any kind of question does, that's got any intelligence. You go ask the preacher right? (laughs) Why are y'all laughing? (laughs) Well, they go ask the Pharisees, which is unfortunately close to preachers. (laughs) They go ask the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees have a problem. They said, we got this guy here. He used to be blind. He says this guy named Jesus made some mud, put it on his eyes, and now he can see. Well, now we got a problem. They got a problem because, you see, they have reasoned everything out. The Pharisees had an answer for every question that you could possibly ask, you know? If they hadn't ever thought about it before, they still had an answer to it, right? Well, they got a problem here because here's the way their reasoning went. They they didn't have a problem that he had been healed because they believed in healing. But, But their problem was that only someone from God or blessed by God could perform a healing. Well, this healing had been done on the Sabbath day and a a person from God would not work on the Sabbath day. So obviously this man who tried to do this healing was a sinner. Therefore, the conclusion was this did not happen. (laughs) Don't you love it? Only religion can convince you of something that has happened hasn't happened. And that's their conclusion. This just did not happen. Because it couldn't happen because it goes against our doctrine, our theology. So, they're telling them, you know, this could not have happened. It must be a hoax. So they call the parents in. 
And they say, is this your son? And they go, well, it looks like our son. Because see, they have a problem. Because if they upset the Pharisees, they'll get kicked out of church. And and because they don't want to get excommunicated. They want to get kicked out of the synagogue. They said, well, it looks like our son. They they said, was he born blind? Yeah, our son was born blind. Well, then how is he seeing? Well, I don't know. He's old enough. Ask him. (laughs) Loving parents that they are. (laughs) Don't ask us. Ask him. And so they go back and they ask him again. And if you want to read this, we're not going to take time. I'm almost out of time. But if you want to read this, begin in verse 24. And I tell you, it's an Abbott and Costello uh, uh, routine right there in the Bible. Just silly stuff going back and forth where they say, hey, give God God the glory for this. Don't give this man any credit that you say healed you because we know this man's a sinner. The guy that was born blind said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. He made me uh, to see again, so how could a sinner do that? And they say, they says, uh, well, where is he? And said, I don't know. Do you want to become his disciples? And it just goes on and on and on and on. And finally, the guy says this. He says, I don't know what you're saying about this man being a sinner, but never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it either. Pretty good reasoning, isn't it? To which the religious folks reply, Who are you to teach us? We know you're a sinner because you were born blind. Complete the circle. Now, the reason I wanted us to go back and look at that story, it was to this man that Jesus said, I am the door. He goes and he finds this man. And he ministers to him. He says, everything okay? He said, well, I thought it was. (laughs) I've been been made well, but now I got kicked out of the synagogue. I've been excommunicated. I, I don't really know what's going on. Jesus says, well, how did this happen? He said, well, this man named Jesus healed me. But he said, well, where is he? And he said, I don't know. I didn't see him. Jesus says, well, here I am. And in a very touching way, it says that the man fell down before him and worshipped him. It is to this man and to his critics standing around that Jesus says, I am the door. Why would it be so important for this man to hear that truth about Jesus? Well, it's because a door has two functions, doesn't it? One thing that a door does is it keeps you safe. Another thing that a door does is it makes it possible for you to get out of the house and get into life. In fact, isn't that exactly what Jesus says in verse 9 when he says, I am the door. Whoever enters by me will be, now I know your version probably says saved, but you probably have a little footnote, and somebody on the, on the translating committee said, you know, there's a better way of saying that, and I wish that person had won the vote, because a better way of saying that is, if you go in through the door and you shut the door, you're safe. Uh, you know that feeling, don't you? Every night before I go to bed, I check the back door, 
And then when I put the dogs out, I check the side door. And then I go and I check the front door. And it may be somewhat of an illusion that I feel safe because those locks are turned and the doors are closed. But I can go to bed feeling a lot better about things because I feel safe in my house with the doors closed. And Jesus is telling a man who's been through a lot in his life, and on a day which should have been the happiest day in his life, has now suddenly had his life turned totally upside down and is attacked and criticized. He says, if you will come in to me and in through me, you will enter into my community, my sheepfold, and we'll shut that door and it'll be safe. You know that that man's heart rejoiced at that news. The other thing that he says is, also, this is verse 9, if you're following along, whoever enters in by me will be safe and will also be able to come in and go out and find pasture and eat and live life. And what he's saying by that is that I am the way by which you can leave your small little world and your small frust- your frustrations and the, the things that have pinned you up. You can only through me get out and experience life the way that God made it to be. Now, I know that's what he's saying because verse 10 comes right after verse 9. Those are always, that's just a wonderful thing, isn't it? Because in verse 10, he says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. You don't have to sit in your house all day. Get out there and enjoy what God has made and what God has done. And it is only through me that you really can. Now, there are other people who come who are thieves and robbers. They think that they tell you that it's their way that you enjoy life. That if you live life this way, you will really truly experience life. I'm telling you they're wrong. That if you really want to live, you come in and go out through me. I'm the one that shows you what life is all about. I'm the one who can give you life. All of this to a man who had been pinned up all his life in his blindness. He says, through me, it'll be okay. You'll be safe. And through me, you will live. I don't know where you are today. It may be that you feel threatened. It may be that you're confused. It may be that you feel attacked. Listen to Jesus tell you that he's a door. And if you will enter through him, he'll close that door and you'll be safe. He will protect you. He won't let the evil get to you. Or perhaps you're a person who feels so constricted. Maybe you've believed some of the thieves and the robbers who have told you about life. And you've been out there and you've tried their way of life. And now all of a sudden you realize you haven't lived. And you don't know where to go next. Jesus says, I'm the door. And I'll swing that door wide open. And when you walk out on that porch, you'll look around and you'll go, wow. So this is what life is. Jesus says, I am the door. You want safety? You'll find it. You want life? You'll find it. 
We're going to stand, we're going to sing. Some of our church leaders will be around on the perimeters of this room. If you're looking for a door, come. We'll help. Let's stand and sing.